0: Good afternoon, Saban.
1: Good afternoon, Dan.
0: We're back. I'm back in the UK.
1: Yeah, we be back on the and podcast. You're in, <laughs>
0: you're in London, right?
1: I do be. Yes.
0: Yeah. So we're doing the reverse because I'm in Bournemouth right now, just visiting my mum, and playing piano and just chilling for the weekend. And then on Monday I have placement again. But the last two weeks I've had off because I went to Brazil, which is what I hope we can talk about today. Let's uh, go ahead. In the In the meantime, though, have you been up to anything while I've been gone? What have you been mainly doing?
1: Just learning a lot. Learning and trying to implement just as much as I can in terms of software engineering and uh, data science. So I'm starting to step my foot in or dip my toe into the data science realm uh, slowly but surely. Because I don't know if I alluded to it last time in the episode where I was just talking about why I'm taking the break and everything. But that is kind of... The area that I want to ultimately get to is more data science type stuff, That's you know, with the fancy AI, machine learning, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I'm slowly just getting into that side of things now. Um, but otherwise, still working on the getting it website slowly. I haven't really done much over the past week or so, just because a bunch of random stuff like going around people's houses, family coming over, blah, blah, blah. So just being a dip. But, you know, I'm just riding the wave. But otherwise, yeah, just learning a lot and uh yeah it's fun my routine is basically in the morning i'll do around four to five hours of whatever i feel like usually just coding of some sort whether it's the website or just learning something or just trying out a new technique or feature or something it's where i do most of my like problem solving of the day and then i'll have a phase in the middle where you know i'll eat go to the gym you know read quran do some other stuff and then for the evening i will then just go through another bout of reading and learning and whatnot usually more scattered um, less focused but you know just doing just filling in the gaps or trying to solve issues that i had earlier on in the day or over the past week or something so that's basically what my day looks or nowadays now i'm just going through like learning from the ground up like statistics again and just doing all of that stuff just to help push me forward in the data science realm and uh, yeah, that's basically what my day is. And it's just been like that for the past three weeks for, for, for the past month now. Um, But no, it's interesting. It's fun. But I'm assuming your past two weeks have been a lot more adventurous.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess I guess they've, they've been really good. I've had a really good time. And I'll talk about it now. I don't I've been we, just before we started recording, I was thinking, how am I going to split it up? Or what would be the most engaging or interesting to listen to from the audience perspective? I think the best thing to do would just be to give an overview of what i did firstly yeah uh, so and
1: then just focus on one of the aspects that you'd want to talk about yeah yeah i think if we can make it focused per, if it's two episodes or three episodes just focused on a particular thing where you give spit the facts and then spit your reflection the kind of thing on a particular thing per episode or in a couple of points or like you can maybe do like three or four things in this one episode or something.
0: Yeah, or you can you can sort of guide me as I go along. If there's anything you want to hear more about or less about, then
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just ask just questions as as you go.
0: So, I went to Manaus, which is a city in Amazonas, which is the biggest state in Brazil. There are 26 states in Brazil, like how there are states in America. There are also states in Brazil, and very big country as you know. It's the fifth largest country in the world by land area behind Russia Canada China USA you get Brazil Mm. very similar in land size to those countries and basically the size of it is difficult to comprehend like the UK's um, land area is like 250,000 kilometers squared Brazil's is like eight and a half million so (laughs) it's it's just a completely different ball game you know and even Amazonas, the state I went to, the area is about one and a half million square kilometres. So that in itself is six times the size of the UK. Six times the size of the UK. About five times, four or five times the size of Germany. One one state, you know? Mm. Uh, so it's difficult to understand how big that is. And the the biggest city in that state is, um, is Manaus. It's the only city in that state, really. It's the only city. Bigger than Bournemouth, for example. It's the only city of considerable size and it's got a couple of million people. It's right in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. So it's fascinating that you've got a city there, a thriving, when I say thriving, like a bustling city. It's very urbanized and yeah, you're, you're, you're just in the complete middle of a rainforest. So before I went there, I was thinking, what is even the environment going to be like? Because you're in a rainforest environment. Is it going to mm-hmm. be boiling hot? Is it going to be really humid? Is it going to be dry? I, I didn't know what to expect. And so, yeah, that's why I'm thinking, like, how do I even organize this information? Because I could just talk about that mm-hmm. alone, how, how it felt to be there. So,
1: yeah, I, I suppose yeah. start start with that maybe, like, how it felt, I don't know, like, physically, like, what the environment difference was like compared to the UK. So,
0: okay, so I flew there. I flew, I flew first to Sao Paulo in the south of Brazil mm. from London. And then from Sao Paulo, I flew up north and the flight itself is about four hours, which is ridiculous between Sao Paulo and Manaus within the same. You're just in the same country and, and you're just flying for hours and hours and yeah. you, you're on a plane. And it's just,
1: yeah, I, it's it's interesting because I think it's just a thing with the British people because England or the UK as a country or as an island is just so small. If we have to do a two-hour journey like in the car, like going from Bournemouth, that, like, man, that's a you know decent journey, like long journey. But two hours is like just going across the city, like in America or something. Um, like to go to the next state, they'll go on a like three-day road trip. Yeah. But it's like that in a lot of countries, like you're saying in Brazil as well, like you're just flying for four hours straight and you're just like getting to where you need to, and you're still in the same country. Whereas in Europe, you fly for four hours straight in like the south of Spain or something. Um, yeah, I think the British person's perspective on travel and distance and the what is considered a long period to travel is just on a much smaller scale compared to probably every other country in the world, just because the UK is just so small. And... The,
0: the thing is with Brazil as well, for example, it's bigger than the contiguous states of the USA. So, you know, mm. the main, like, because with the USA's land area, they factor in Alaska, which is huge yeah, as I well. Know,
1: that, that doesn't count.
0: <laughs> so, Brazil is large, Brazil proper is larger than the USA, like, main land area bit. And so, to go from one end to the other takes. I don't know, it, it just takes such a long time. And that that's the first thing that surprised me. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, because Sao Paulo is not in the very south of Brazil. It's like the southeast kind of, but it's, it, you can go a lot further south than that. And Manaus is in the north, but it's not in the absolute north. So mm. yeah, that, that's, that spun me a bit as well. And the beautiful thing was from Sao Paulo to Manaus, it was a flight that was in the daytime. So, and I had the window seat. I've got very clutch. So mm. you could, and there were no clouds in the sky. So you could see down... You could see you had like an aerial view of Brazil all the way from the south to the north. And the whole time I was just looking out the window, just transfixed basically, it was so cool to see the land go from pasture land, like agricultural land, also to pass over cities and look at what it was on the map because the map tracks on the Mm. like plain TV where you are. And then to see when we started going over the Amazon, just the terrain start to change and i really want to show you photos i guess it's not possible to show photos on the podcast but the thing that started to shock me was when i started when we started to fly over the river system because i promise you i you know how i feel about geography i love geography mm. and after seeing the river system now i think it's I, like i'm not exaggerating when i say I, I truly think it's a wonder of the world i think it's incredible you know you talk about everest or you talk about i don't know the the largest ocean like the pacific ocean or the deepest part of the sea or i don't know the 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 most active violent volcanoes the largest deserts things like that the the like wonders of the world i guess Mm. i genuinely have this at top place now i think it's the most unique the most unique thing i've ever seen like in terms of the natural world i couldn't believe it the river system is crazy it's crazy it's basically I've got to show you on a map, but this isn't... Shall I show you afterwards on the map?
1: Maybe. No, you can just show me now. I can maybe just pop a picture on the website or something, or in the show notes.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm going to show you on the map. And for the people listening, yeah, you'll have to find a way. Um, (laughs) Maybe go on on Google Maps if you're listening. And um, you go to the north of Brazil, you turn on satellite, and then go to the... Rio Negro, which is, you can see it in Amazonas in like the northeast part of it. You can see it from far back on the map. Uh,
1: what, what what you should do is like get a pin for that location. I'll just put the link in the show notes that so you can just yeah. open it up on your phone on Google Maps.
0: Okay, I'll do that. Because basically you've got the Amazon River, which everyone knows about. The Amazon yeah. River, the first thing that's really shocking about it is it's really, really wide. A lot wider than people realize, I think. The Amazon River generally is about five kilometers wide as it just goes along. So can you imagine a river, you're just looking across 5K and that is going along for thousands of kilometers. Yeah. It'd be difficult
1: to actually see the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. You probably in a lot of places can't see the other side. So you just think it's the sea.
0: Yeah. And the river itself as well is constantly undulating. It's not a straight river. It's curving. It's so convoluted and it's constantly breaking off and then reconnecting and so there are islands and then that itself is changing over time as well depending on the depth and so you've got this bizarre network of rivers which are all just overlapping and interlocking and it's kind of incredible to look at that's the amazon river but the amazon river meets with the Rio negro which means just black river Mm. and the Rio negro is actually crazy i'd never i'd never really heard of it before until oh, I this is the fly part where like it.
1: the the you can see the two waters like merging.
0: Yes, yeah, that's where Manaus is. Manaus is where yeah. the two waters meet. But the Rio Negro itself is just nuts. I'm going to show you this on the map. So this is about twenty kilometers across. Okay, look at this, and I'll put a pin for this. That's twenty kilometers across from from that from this side. Oh, this that
1: side. way. I was looking at it like on the wrong axis. No, no, oh,
0: that's my- twenty kilometers, and it just goes along for thousands of kilometers like that.
1: 20 kilometers wide basically
0: yeah so yeah, that's... that is,
1: it's just hard to comprehend that kind of scale even though it's only 20 kilometers oh yeah I'll just r- drive 20 kilometers or something but just seeing a single like river or span of water just go across that much that isn't an ocean is uh, and great.
0: it's like what are the, the relationship between land and water here you know? it's a bit of land, it's a bit land, it's a bit water constantly. It's neither mm. one nor the other really. And you see the, the rivers that come off of it. Again, it's not just a straight river like that bit there. Most of the time yeah. it's, it's like this. It's just a mess of like, uh, it's hard to describe, but yeah, it's, it's just crazy to look at. Um, and as a result of it, it's not like a flowing river. It's sort of like the stagnant network of like, capil- like a capillary bed almost, but it's, it's mm. just huge. And I'll show you another bit further up, actually. Look at this bit here. Same... I've not zoomed in or out or anything. See that? So you can imagine, if you just go into this one part, like there,
1: Mm.
0: you're in this huge network. You can get completely lost in it. And... Yeah, that was the thing that really shocked me. I was like, what? Like... how, How does that even exist? There's nothing else like that in the world. I've been looking. I've been trying to find other places which have this sort of... Like... River sea bed of water that's just like overlapping and moving like that, but yeah, can't find anywhere else in the world. The closest I could find was in Bangladesh, I think that mm. there you have sort of like a network of rivers. And yeah, aside from that, maybe the Congo Basin in certain parts of it, but nothing like this. And yeah, so the Hill Negro and the Amazon meet at Manaus, and so I guess that's why the city originated there. It's Got an interesting history. At one point Manaus was the richest city in the world because it was the center of rubber trade in the 19th century. And uh, obviously hundreds of years ago, it was a Portuguese colony. Brazil was a Portuguese colony and Manaus was quite an important city in the colony. And so a lot of the architecture there is still quite Portuguese a lot of the buildings, especially in the city centre. And they've got even, for example, an opera house in the middle of the city, which is really fancy and like looks very European. So it's crazy to see that in the environment. Um, but I'll go back to talking about the environment quickly. So I got off the plane and it's very hot. That's the first thing to say. It's constantly hot. At least, I'd say, 30 degrees every day. And
1: what, what would you say the average temperature was during your stay?
0: Thirty degrees. It was never not hot. Mm. At night time, daytime, there was never a time where I wasn't wearing a shirt and shorts. Like trousers were not necessary for me. For the locals though, they'd sometimes be whipping out the jeans. I was like, "How are you doing that?" Oh, <laughs> because the other thing enough. is, it's very, very humid, and it would rain about four times a day. And when oh, it would really? rain, it would be very heavy rain. Yeah. And it would rain for like 10 minutes and then just stop. Stop, yeah. Yeah, it was really...
1: Sounds like classic rainforest weather, to for Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was like that. So, yeah, I guess that was the environment itself. So, yeah. And I was staying in uh, hospital accommodation. Um, my girlfriend was there doing an elective. So she'd been there for six weeks um, in Brazil already. And I went... Just to stay for the last two weeks of the elective, and have a chance to explore Manaus. So she was working in the hospital in a tropical diseases hospital, which was really interesting. And I stayed in the accommodation, and yeah, basically that made that made it a lot easier, I think, because we were able to meet people living in Manaus who were also working in the hospital. For example, it like allowed us to create a bit of a community, or at least allowed me to meet people from different parts of the world. There was someone from Mozambique someone from Colombia, someone from Peru, and that was great. But yeah, so on the second day that I was there, we left Manaus and we went to, we went on about a three-hour drive north towards a town, a very small town called Novo Ayrão. And that place was fascinating. It was, so three hours away is like how far it is to the next town, and Novo Ayrão is very small. Maybe 20,000 people, 10, 20,000 people. And there we felt very like removed from our normal day to day lives. The people there, it's nice. Like, you know, there are cars, there are motorbikes, there are vehicles. It's there was like, there was electricity, but that's about it. It doesn't go much further than that, for example. Like, there's no 3G. Um, it was very hard to find internet. So we, didn't really have internet for a day or two at all. Um, and yeah, I guess the way of living there is very different. And that was super interesting for us. We went, we knew someone who took good care of us. He's like a fisherman, general, like...
1: Bad man. <laughs>
0: general knows, the, knows how to live there sort of person. And so yeah, we, we stayed with him. He um, took us on like a day trip and we went into the river. That was amazing. So we went into that network of like island slash land slash water um, sort of capillary network that I just showed you on the map and that we'll mm. have in the show notes pinned uh, from North on a boat, trusted him. He was a good guy and just went out and my gosh. Again, the geography, I'd just never seen anything like it. So we'd go out into the open water from Nova York. First thing that baffled me when we got to the wide bits was that there'd be floating, like, the shops and stuff, the fuel stations, stuff, were just floating on the water. Like, don't know how to describe it. That genuinely, that's just the best way to describe it. They were just, it's, like, called a flutuante. It's basically a small building that's just in the water. I don't know. Like there's no, there's no land near it for hundreds of meters. It's just out in the middle of the water. Like.
1: What on earth?
0: Yeah, I don't know. How uh, to describe it.
1: Why, why would they even do that? Surely it's just more efficient to like keep it in the land. Like I even think, just like no, on the
0: shore, right? Because there are so many people who use boats as just the way to get around. Like oh, fishermen. So I suppose that is service transport. station
1: on, on the motorway.
0: Yeah. It's like a service station kind of, but it's, also just easy to get there like for example if you live by the water uh, mm. which a lot of people did and there's the town center maybe a 10 minute drive away or you could just go on the boat for three minutes and you could just go to the shop like it's not complicated to do you know it really just works like they, they're just Fair so enough. used to boats there so they'll just go out on their boat no problem for them
1: and what were these boats like
0: the boats are just normal boats like they're not big they're maybe four meters long and enough for like five or six people to sit on them probably comfortably. Mm. That's the one we went on. So we went out. Because
1: the, the way you're describing it almost or like the image it puts in my head is like it's like a raft like made of, you know, logs that have been tied together with some kind of rope or something and you're just floating along like that. But no, okay, they're like legitimate boats.
0: Yeah, proper boats, proper boats uh, with an engine as well, like a, a motor so you can you can power along. And then also they'd have like a an oar so you could just like paddle as well when you're in the. I'll get to that bit in a minute Uh, but (laughs) yeah so we went to first we'll get fuel I was like oh wow that's a bit brazy and then we went to the shop and we just yeah we just pulled up the dude at the shop just chucked us a rope and we just sort of like tied it to the side of the shop and then just stepped out the boat onto the shop and then like (laughs) bought some like food some groceries the just drinks and stuff and then took it all back onto the boat and then just powered off onwards. And our, our guy, our guy with the, on the boat, he just knew where we were going. I don't know how he did, but he just, he knew how to navigate that network, right? So he would know mm. what lake we were in or what part of the river we were in. I would have no idea what to do if it weren't for him. Yeah, that was very interesting. The further we went, the more, the more I got to understand the geography of it. And this bit's what's kind of crazy, or at least to me. You know, on that image of the maps that I showed you, it would look like green water, green water, Mm. right? The the areas of green are not actually land. They are just canopy trees that are coming out of the water. So you can't see the water beneath it, but there is no land there. That is just trees. Like there must be land beneath the surface of like maybe 10, 15 meters below, but that Mm. is water. So... You go from maybe deeper water to more shallow water. As a result, you can go straight through those bits on your boat as well. Uh, you don't have to go, like, around or anything. Around you, it. It's crazy. So you go along the boat, on the boat along the river, and then he'd see, like, a shopping bag on a tree, and that would be, like, a street sign, like a sign that that's, like, a little oh, path no, you can man. go through. Oh, <laughs> so he'd, like, pull into it and then stop, turn off the engine and then start, like, paddling And you'd be going through just tree, like lots and lots of trees and plants and stuff and going very slowly, very quietly. When we were going through that bit, I was just thinking, what is in this water? Because you can hear constantly sounds every second, very different sounds, you know, like cawing or like, I don't know, just "Ah!" like, (laughs) "Eh, eh, eh." I was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what any of that is, but it's kind of crazy. Or like at one point, there was a giant, um, like a giant sound that came out of the water about 20 meters away. I was like, well, what <laughs> is that? It was like, Phew. and then was just a bunch of ripples. And it's was like, okay, there's something in the water. The things that I know are in the water in in the Amazon or in that part of the Amazon. Uh, jacarés, which is like crocodiles. Mm. There's golfinho, like not golfinho. Golfinho means dolphins, but it's like porpoises um they've got very they they have jaguars which is crazy jaguars are very water proficient they're very good swimmers yeah jaguars are the best big cats by the way for sure in terms Mm -hmm. of like most like epic they've got night vision as well and they're very strong very fast they can climb
1: trees very effectively but then what do they do in the day there's no way they can just like switch it, right? Or yeah, can, can they, they can. literally Oh man, they're
0: incredible. It's worth looking up. To anyone listening, look up jaguars. They are unbelievable predators. They're, I think I guess they've just adapted to survive in a rainforest. So they can and the Amazon. So they can swim incredibly well. They can climb incredibly well. They're very coordinated. They're very strong on land, as you can imagine, like a tiger mm. or a lion. They're very, they're very, very big as well. They're very strong. They're very fast, and they have night vision. And they've got a very strong bite. So I don't really know. <laughs> they're just, they're kind of complete.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: They're regarded as some of the best predators in the world.
1: Is that when you make your own player on like FIFA or NBA 2K? It's like yeah. 100, 100, 100, 100. Yeah, it's
0: basically like that. Jaguars are crazy, but they're very rare. And like, you don't see them very often at all. I definitely didn't see one. Our guy had a Jaguar tooth, though, on his necklace. Ansa is oh. what they're called um also is the name for jaguar and yeah they have though they have um anacondas capybaras armadillos just lots and lots of different animals um just yeah i don't
1: know were you ever like almost attacked by some kind of wild animal no, or no, felt never. like in grave danger
0: no i didn't didn't feel in danger even i mean it's strange looking back at it I could see how there was danger so for example what we ended up doing when we were going through the water is we stopped and our guy he's called Adonius, he cut down some like small trees that he thought looked suitable with a knife and then like sheared off the like little sticks that come off the main branch or the main trunk very thin trees though sheared it all off until he had like a straight line like two metres long and then tied some string to the end, and we'd bought some hooks from off some fishermen in the water. Just another boat, we just pulled up next to another boat, and we bought some hooks off of them. And um, we just went fishing, like we went fishing in the middle of that like very f- tree bit. We just sat there, and yeah, and Anna caught some piranhas. Um, that no, she caught, she got one piranha, and Adonis caught three piranhas, and I didn't catch any piranhas. sadly. I tried, I tried, I got close. But, I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was very um, interesting because you can pull the lips back and you can see the teeth and that was very, like, I don't know, I hadn't seen that before. But yeah, the, the bit on reflection is like, for example, um, Anna's feet were, Anna was sitting at the very, very end of the boat off like at the top of the boat if that makes sense with their feet dangling out and now i think <laughs> like ah that could have been bad but that probably never wasn't felt, the wisest <laughs> yeah. but it never felt like that at the time it did feel really yeah. okay at the time and so yeah I, I guess that's just retrospective but that was just the the time we went out in onto the into the water spent about six or seven hours there and then as it got later in the day we turned back and went back to north white It was all fine we got back in good time and then went back to Adonis's parents house and we stayed there for the night that was a very good experience as well i learned a lot from it because the way of living there is different definitely different it's more i don't know it's more simple in a way you know like Mm. just less complicated the house was like for example didn't really have a lock there was more space but the infrastructure was more basic as well, you know, and that it's just sort of like wooden with sort of like thin metal um, for the roof and the kitchen, for example, was outdoors and you just, you ate fish that you'd caught that day. You just heated up the fish and ate it, you know, (laughs) put a bit of salt on it, that's it. Have some farofa, which is like this sort of, flowery sort of grainy substance you just put that on the fish as well and like as a side and it just makes it a bit thicker and that was it really it was just very nice very simple lovely and other things I realized there for example the way healthcare works is different the medical education is not the same so I was talking to someone there who was telling me how exercise is good for you he was like you should exercise as well because that's good for your health. And I was thinking, but he was telling me as if I, I wouldn't know that. But I was thinking, in the UK, that's sort of like common knowledge, you know, you're taught that at school. I guess it was interesting that he'd only made the connection recently between exercising and health, realizing that they're good for each other. Because I guess for them, exercise is ingrained into their lifestyle, sort of. They have to be yeah. more physical. Maybe they don't even realize that that's good for you because it's not like a choice. Like for us, we choose to exercise because if we can get by without doing any exercise, which is ridiculous. I can live my whole life and not need to exercise. I don't have to work my body. Whereas for them, it's not, it's not like a leisurely activity. That is just what they do, you know, and they're pushing boats or they're lifting things up and they're carrying things to different places and building and pushing. And yeah, they're, they're not realizing that, Oh, this is something that is a choice. Um, mm. That bit was very interesting. There was still obesity, but that's, I think more diet related because they again didn't I uh, maybe like I, I'm just guessing here that I don't think they would know as well what is healthy to eat what is less healthy to eat the concept that certain foods are very bad for you I don't think that there was as clear of a an education on that as there is in the UK
1: I mean I don't really think there's much of a clear education on that in the UK either but it's it's interesting so you said they would kind of eat like you know what they caught that day or whatever so what what would you say would like was like unhealthy if you're saying like they don't really know what's uh you know like i'm assuming they don't really have much access to junk food and stuff or majorly ultra processed food
0: no i don't think there is as much access but well in Manaus there is definitely you can eat yeah. junk food in Manaus, fizzy drinks and a lot mm. of the food is grilled like grilled meat for example but I, I guess you can still get unhealthy food anywhere. Like he gave us a fizzy drink. So they had some fizzy drink. Guaraná. Have you heard of Guaraná? No. It's a fruit that they have in Brazil. i got to talk about the fruits as well, man. Look, we're already 32 <laughs> minutes in. I'm telling you, we're not going to... I'm on day two right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we ain't got enough time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I need to talk to you about the fruits. That... that okay. I need to earmark that. But yeah, so they um they still do have like... um. Uh, Unhealthy food, I guess. In the soup, there was a little supermarket in Navoial, and in there you still do get processed food, like there are chocolate bars and fizzy drinks and stuff. So yeah, I guess mm. it's just that for them, probably maybe it's a touch expensive, and it's easier just to. I mean, going out, doing your fishing, going home, eating it is is pretty much free, isn't it?
1: So mm. did they, or did you notice that they like would cook in oils or whatever, or would they? Is it always like grilled type food? Is grilled. They
0: would have a grill. So they wouldn't be... Straight on the fire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they weren't frying it. They weren't frying it. They were cooking it on metal. And that was outdoors, which again I thought was really nifty, just like an outdoor kitchen. Or like, for example, in the... They didn't have running water as far as I remember. I might be wrong. No, they didn't have running water. I'm I'm almost certain. Yeah, they definitely didn't have running water. They had um, a well. And... You'd take water from the well. Very nice water. I mean, to be honest, Adonius drank straight from the Amazon, but he said that I can't do that because he said his stomach built different to mine. So I was yeah, like, I had to yeah. just take the L. He You'd probably he get just, he worms. Just, and he just put a cup in the water. <laughs> I'm just drinking it. I'm like, yeah. That's the Amazon, man. <laughs> he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, just don't do it yourself. Um, he, he was like, I've been doing this for my whole life. But yeah, the the water from the well even, I felt like a bit unsure about it, but um it was, oh, it was crispy because they had a fridge and so the water is just well water was oh, really? really cold yeah really nice, nice. and the the it, it just wasn't bad like i would definitely be happy living the way that they lived i guess the weather is nice they're not wanting for anything necessary like without the running water they don't need it like the toilet you would just like pour water down it and it would just flush away i don't know mm. how the mechanism works but it just works um or yeah, like, there's, they have fresh drinking water, very nice drinking water. And they just use buckets for washing and stuff. So, yeah, like, it all worked really well. The only thing I wouldn't like, I think, is that it was very accessible for, like, snakes and spiders and things. And I guess frogs and all that. So I, I don't, I think they would very often be encountering those. And I personally wouldn't be too keen on that. But, mm. yeah, that was North That was the place we stayed at. Really lovely people, good hosts. My Portuguese was just about holding up, but it was hard to communicate with them, and yeah, also like a
1: dialect difference. Or
0: I wouldn't. I don't know whether you call it a dialect, but it's more just that my Portuguese isn't fluent. It's it's good. It's solid. Like I was able to fend for myself, but they spoke very like thick, sort of not slang, but just I don't know. The accent was just hard to understand you can imagine the same in the UK if you go to like a rural part of Scotland or something that you can imagine it's difficult to catch what they're saying sometimes and yeah so that was quite difficult for me but on the whole yeah still really liked them and a lot of it was non-verbal just putting your arm around them just looking them in the eye smiling laughing you can still share jokes with them and yeah I would definitely go back it was very sweet they asked us to give them our phone numbers and we wrote them down and yeah, they do. Ha- they did have a mobile phone. So, um,
1: it's interesting. They they had a mobile phone, like as in one between them.
0: Yeah, I think they had a mobile phone, and
1: it's weird because yeah. it's just like today, it's like everyone has their own like mobile phones. Sometimes people have multiple. It's just like yeah. an absolute necessity of life in the modern world. is It's pretty insane.
0: Yeah, it was, and it was one of them proper old school mobile phones. Um, yeah. Nokia, even got the snake way- on it. <laughs> the the way when we wrote down our numbers even that was like um they we wrote it down in like the, like a a book just a random book that they had and we wrote down our numbers and they even the even being able to read the number was difficult like to read it back or to make sure they'd got it right they 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 were not completely able to confirm the phone number so it just shows that they don't use their phone very much at all i think but yeah i definitely we have to phone them back at some point and just say hello calling from england yeah. Again, this is another reflection. In North Royal and in Manaus, in Manaus, I was the first English person that nearly everyone I met had met. They'd never met an English person before. Wow. So I felt like I was representing England. I was like, oh so my gosh.
1: Is there not much of a tourism like economy in Manaus?
0: Definitely not. There were, I only saw maybe the whole time five other tourists and also most tourists don't go out because they think it's dangerous so oh, people were not because because it's got a reputation of being very very dangerous and anyone i spoke to was saying don't go out like especially don't go out at night don't go out on the streets in the day but, like only go to certain places and stuff so because of that i don't think many tourists who even go and the people there like when i first arrived i'd be asking them have you ever been to europe have you ever been to the usa and then i was asking like have you ever been to another country before then I was asking, because it was it was just no every time. Then mm. I was asking, have you ever been to another state before, like in Brazil? And there people would only sometimes say like, oh, I've been to Pará or Jorama or like a state next door. And then I was realizing most people haven't done that. So I was just saying, have you ever been out of Manaus before? Have you ever been to another city before? And even then, a lot of people had never left the city. So... It wasn't just not meeting people from around the world. Most people had never really been outside my house because it's because because the state is so big, as I was saying, it's mm. four or five times bigger than Germany. So and plane plane tickets are very expensive for them. So how would they have been anywhere else? You know why why would they drive for like four days to go somewhere else? Um, especially yeah. when you're still going to be in the rainforest because the other states nearby are all in the rainforest as well. So. Mm the road network, it doesn't even work properly or is like not as functional.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Just, it is just kind of hard to comprehend that kind of lifestyle, I suppose, when you're just so used to the completely, or the the complete opposite, basically, where, you know, people are obsessed with traveling. Not, not obsessed, but, you know, people like traveling. It's, it's almost seen as odd if you haven't been outside of the country, or almost. Like, oh, you've never been on a plane or something. Uh, whereas there, it's like, it's like, oh, you've never been outside of London. That that's almost like never unheard, like that's unheard of.
0: Really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how I had to modulate. Or I had to change what I was saying because of that. Yeah. Fascinating. So yeah, the time in Norway, Iron was like, cool. I, I think I was saying I didn't feel in danger there when I was in that town. Um, the streets are really open. As I said, they're not really locks on the doors and people would just be playing football on the street, and it was just a nice environment. I would definitely want to spend a chunk of time there and just experience that because it's a different life and really nice, really simple. You could go there with like a bunch of books and just sit in the sun all day, every day, play football with the people living there, eat really healthy, tasty food, you know, just go fishing, ah, just a nice time, yeah. That was the takeaway from that. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing this rat race for?" When people just living a chill yeah, life.
1: It seems like this is a recurring theme. Whenever someone's gone to a place like this, maybe not so as extreme um, as Manaus or you know the other cities and towns around it, but even just somewhere where the lifestyle is a lot simpler. I suppose even in certain parts of a lot of European countries, like even certain small towns and stuff, the, the lifestyle is a lot simpler, where they just you know go out, you know go to the marketplace get their bread and, you know, continue with life kind of thing. And that's about it. And people would just always kind of reminisce on that. Oh, it would be kind of nice just to have a nice, simple lifestyle. And that's it, you know, just chill kind of rather than, yeah, like you said, just in this rap race, just doing all this, oh, you know, you've got to do this and then that and carry on and keep progressing and everything. It's like you could just sit back and in the sun, read all day, eat some food and repeat.
0: Yeah, basically that's what I was... um like reflecting on when I was there and that was just Novo Iral. So yeah. And then the next day was a very big football match for Liverpool. So I was very keen to get back to Manaus quickly and very <laughs> stressed. So we went back in the morning and got back to Manaus and then maybe I can leave it there for now because that's 42 minutes already. And yeah, that was just, that was Novo and the geography of like um, Amazonas kind of the two rivers the state and a brief explanation of brazil's like structure in that regard um yeah and some reflections um sprinkled in but yeah as i said at some point it doesn't have to be next episode but i think a part two or even a part three would be good because i just have so much to say about it and like it's not it's not just like stuff i could say it's stuff i really want to say like i want to talk about it so yeah if you're cool with that and if the audience
1: is very interesting it does kind of make you realize how different lives are but i don't know i suppose it's just very different hearing it directly from someone who you know has a very similar lifestyle um to you and there's always some kind of disconnect when you hear about it or read about it or you know even just watch it and just like oh okay like you know you can watch these kind of documentaries about people of like of different villages or tribes or whatever and there's still some kind of weird disconnect but when you like I know like your lifestyle you know to a certain extent and it's very similar to mine since we're in similar environments doing similar things um and then just yeah kind of hearing it in that way you're just like man it would be kind of nice to just sit in the sun and read all day it's nice
0: it's (laughs) nice they're not they're not they weren't I guess maybe it's finding a um like a a mid-ground because there are places in the world where you do struggle to make ends meet day to day yeah yeah and and as a tourist, maybe they're not showing me the difficult aspects of it. I'm sure there are challenges there that they face day to day that I don't think about. But to be in Novo Airlines, if you could sort out if I think for me, if I could sort out an internet connection, I think I would like that. That would be something difficult to compromise on. I would like mm. at least a form at least a form of internet connection. It doesn't need to be super far, super strong, but I would like to be able to write messages and email people because I wasn't able to do that in Novo Ireland. So for a whole day I just couldn't I had no communication with the outside world. I didn't know what was going on. Um, mm. if I could do that and also have like a medical supply, like know that I'd be okay if I got unwell, because a lot of the people there, I don't think really get much medical support. Then I think the rest of it would take care of itself. The weather is really nice. The setting is beautiful and the food is really good. It's all healthy. And yeah, I think I can access all the things I enjoy. Maybe bring a piano if
1: possible. And yeah. <laughs> then I'm happy. Grand piano on the plane. I, yeah, yeah, I suppose another thing is, I suppose your perspectives would change a lot once you actually start living in that lifestyle, not as a tourist, but actually living there. Then I yeah. suppose the way you integrate and how you actually feel about that particular lifestyle would change a lot. And it's interesting how I think a lot of the time, it's just we we just desire what we don't have, I suppose, or what is different. We just desire change. It's just I don't know, like context shifts and stuff. We just like novelty so it might be nice for a bit but then i suppose it will get you know somewhat you know, boring or just stagnant because i assume it's the same for people like living in those areas that, are like oh man i'd love to live in the city or like you know london yeah. or whatever or new york and be part of that hustle and bustle and you know new technology all of that stuff you know in the modern world um and then everyone in the modern world and those kind of cities would like they go to you know those kind of smaller towns and everything. They're like, oh, it would be kind of nice just to go back there. So it's almost like, what if everyone just swapped and then just I wonder what would happen.
0: Yeah, if, everyone realizes that it's not the grass is not greener on the other side.
1: Yeah, only for a couple of days and then you realize, oh no, the same hardships in life are still kind of there. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting kind of thought dilemma that everyone experiences. Okay we'll
0: leave it there. Until the next one
1: Peace Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It.
0: If you enjoyed this episode or didn't, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or on the Apple Podcasts website.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts ideas or questions about anything we discussed so feel free to email us at thoughts at gettingit.co.uk
0: You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at Getting it underscore pod.
1: You can find all the links in the show notes.